Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's a great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character, and they show it. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast hosted. By Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right. Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna. You know, uh, we got out to the practice field, and I mean the, the media, that is, today, uh, and it looked like it was going to be a jog through, and I was like, you know what, we may have to hold off here and, and wait till tomorrow uh, to get our next uh, podcast in, and then things got kind of dialed up to, at the end of practice, speed went up a little bit, and I was like, here we go, Ryan Talbot, we are bringing you the 13th edition of the training camp Shout Bills podcast series, we are back we got a ton of things to talk about. We are, as always, brought to you by Tops Friendly Markets, your neighborhood store with more. Tops loves local. Tops is proud to partner with over 200 local growers to supply Tops with their freshest homegrown fruits and vegetables produced and picked this morning. Can be on your table tonight. Ryan Talbot, how are you? Back from Detroit? Ready to go. Yeah, hey, I'm doing great. Yeah, uh, rested up after that trip. We we left pretty early in the morning after that game, so uh, I think we were all pretty tired when we got back to Western New York. But I'm ready to go. I'm pumped up for some Bills talk, and I know you are too. Yeah, and uh, you know we got a, a a lot of information today. We were able to talk to Sean McDermott. We saw some things at practice. We still got a lot of talk things to talk about around this roster. Uh, we we we've. Uh, Dialed up a uh, Twitter Spaces uh, live chat, which I think we're going to try to do a couple times this week. Just give fans a little bit, uh, you know, different uh, experience, be able to kind of come on with us live, ask a couple questions. I thought that that was fun. And, you know, some some topics came up that I think are going to be so fun to talk about as we as we go along here. Um, but let's start with what I led with in my in my story today, and that's Deion Dawkins, the big news of today. Uh, he was finally worked back in to some individual work with his position. Now, he did not take part in any um, team drills, but he did do some work in individual with his um, position group. Uh, just some, uh, they were like doing some light uh, walkthrough and, uh, you know, fundamental stuff. And I think just that, that just alone, I think is a good sign as Bills fans are waiting for their franchise left tackle to be back in the mix here. We, we saw what Bobby Hart uh, was able to do on Friday and Spencer Brown 
Brown and Tommy Doyle. And with Deion Dawkins out of the mix, it's, it's going to be a huge problem seeing that he's at least progressed this far. What are your thoughts on that, Ryan? Yeah, you know, I didn't. I thought that Sean McDermott was pretty blunt uh, at his press conference before practice today, where he said Deion has a long ways to go before he can uh, help this team out in terms of getting back into physical shape, and that's a little concerning because uh, week one is creeping up on us a little bit. And you know, I'm not of the the camp that believes Josh Allen has to play all this preseason. But as long as Deion Dawkins is out, I'm not even risking putting Josh Allen in. So in, in a way, this could alter Buffalo's preseason plans a little bit. They might want it, They might have wanted to see Josh Allen out there with Emmanuel Sanders for a series, see what's going on there. Uh, it, it's a little bit of a blessing, as you mentioned, for Spencer Brown. Um, you, you know, when we were in Detroit, I was working on my stock up, stock down. And pretty early in the game, Spencer Brown whiffed on a tackle face planted and I had quickly had put him in the stock down but to his credit things went on a much more positive note from that point on so he's getting more valuable reps that's the good thing the bad thing is we don't know how long it's going to take Deion Dawkins till he's ready to come back yeah and you know I have to say that looking watching Deion work to the side I mean he does not look to be in you know anywhere close to what I think the Bills will need him to be to be that starting left tackle and go out there for 60 snaps in a regular season game and so you, you look at the, the the calendar and you have 30 days to get him to that point we'll see how it progresses they want to take it easy I, I think the, the 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 word that Sean McDermott used today was ease him back in uh and so you're going to see I think incremental uh progress as we go here and they're going to look for little signs to put a little bit more on his plate but I think you know with where we are at and even from two or three days ago when we saw him doing work off to the side to what I saw today that's encouraging don't get me wrong but when you hear Sean McDermott say you know a long road back and he has a long way to go before he's able to help us uh and and to play I think you start to to look around and at, at this depth chart and you're like man Bobby Hart uh, Tommy Doyle, I don't think Tommy Doyle is anywhere close. You talk about the work that Spencer Brown has to do over the next month to get ready. Tommy Doyle, I mean, I, maybe multiply that by two or three. I mean, he's got a, a ton of work to where you could put him in a regular season game and feel comfortable. And listen, we're not talking about like, you know, the fourth or fifth uh, wide receiver. We're talking about one of the bookends in front of your franchise quarterback. This is a big deal. And that's why I think a lot of fans who brought up the point over the last couple months, like, all right, well, they brought in Bobby Hart, who struggled, did not look good. Um, I want to get to him specifically in a minute. But then you draft two guys, all this upside, great. But this is a huge year, and you can't take any chances. How much can Spencer Brown improve from now into the start of the season? <laughs> That's the million-dollar question, Matt. And the Bills have to hope that uh, it, it's by leaps and bounds over these next few weeks because I, th I think that – based on this current roster, he is the ideal swing tackle. He's the guy that might have to come in and, and give Dion some some reps off if he's not back at 100% at that point in time. So it's concerning. It's something to watch. Now, roster cut down time, there might be some other options out there, but you go through just about any Twitter feed on a fan base 
right now. And the one thing they're all saying is, man, this offensive line could could use some depth, could use some talent. It, it's a problem across the NFL. Now, if I'm the Bills, I obviously, if I'm Brandon Bean, I'm looking at that waiver wire. Uh, one name to keep him keep in mind is Ty Inseki. Uh, Inseki, he, he suffered a little bit of an knee injury, got banged up in the Cowboys game this past weekend. I don't, it doesn't seem like it's anything too serious, but it looks like he's going to miss some time. And, and he's competing for a roster spot there. It's not a lock. He only has uh, half a million dollar in terms of dead cap. So he's someone that the Cowboys could walk away from. And while you don't want to bring in someone who's clearly at the end of their career, which Inseki is at this point, but he knows the system. He's been here. It's one of those things where you could bring him in and immediately feel pretty confident about what he brings to the table. My one concern there on Inseki is that I was listening to um podcast recently. I think it was Mike Lombardi. And I know whatever you think about Mike Lombardi, I know that there's some, you know, Bills fans that are, don't have a high opinion of him because of his, you know, takes on Josh Allen and, and some of the other things that he said over the years. He's obviously a Patriots guy uh, from his time there. But I do listen to him because he's, you know, to whatever degree that he still is, he seems pretty plugged in in the NFL. And he was watching the the, the debut of the uh, uh, um, Cowboys there, I believe it was in the Hall of Fame game. And he said Ty Inseki looked horrible. And, you know, you, you wonder when it's going to be a situation where time catches up with him and he's just not going to be as good uh, as he was. You know, even going back to Washington, I thought he was pretty decent in a couple spot, uh, you know, uh, runs here in Buffalo. But I, I do think that you're right. Like how much is out there? How much is available? And when you start going through and taking stock of what's what's out there, it's not super impressive. I think the thing with Spencer Brown that I think is encouraging is that something that Sean McDermott brought up today when he was asked about Jerry Hughes getting back and how important that is for the defense and the young players. And he said, yeah, it's important for them, but it's also important for, you know, talk about Deion Dawkins being out getting Spencer Brown valuable reps against one of the elite pass rushers in the NFL, even still at his age. And I'm talking about a guy that's able to win one-on-one that's able to consistently apply pressure. Spencer Brown is going to want those reps against Jerry Hughes over the next month to get ready. And I think that that bodes well for him, for getting him ready in case that he's needed. And I'm, I'm sitting here saying, I still think that, you know, there's a good chance Deion Dawkins makes it back and is okay. Um, but in the chance that he's not, you want Spencer, Spencer Brown to be battle-tested. I loved Spencer Brown's attitude when he was asked about this because Mitch Moore said, listen, sink or swim. I, I did it when I, when I was in KC. I, I think that's a good way to go about it. And he said, yeah, I, I don't plan uh, on, on sinking. And I, I like that attitude from the kid. There's a couple of questions in here about Ryan Bates, and I think that, that that's why Ryan Bates is so valuable. He can play all five positions. I know he's been working at center. Uh, he worked a couple days at guard, I, I, I think, uh, too. He's done that before in the past. He played predominantly tackle last year for them. I think they're comfortable with him there if they need him there. I just think it's about trying to get Brown to a place where you can trust him. But they do have that backup plan, which I think is good at the very least. Yeah, backup plan is always important. I'm glad you mentioned the fact that uh, Brown's going to get some reps against Jerry Hughes over the next few weeks. If you look at all of Buffalo's pass rushers, I think the deepest skill set on that defensive end position is Jerry Hughes. He has speed. He has the power. He he, he brings a lot to the table in terms of his uh, pass rush arsenal, so to speak. And I think that's good for Brown to see a little bit of everything. So that way, if he does have to play in week one, or if he does have to see significant reps just this season as the swing tackle, he'll have a little idea of 
what to expect or, or how to handle certain pass rush moves. And, and listen, th- this guy, if he's just a swing tackle, if he has to start a few games, he's not going to be perfect. There's going to be mistakes to be made. But I, I do think that being battle-tested is huge, and this defensive line, specifically defensive end position, is going to get him ready. We're going to get into um, some things that we talked about today. I see some questions on Twitter. If you have questions on here, uh, YouTube, Facebook, um, let us know. We'll we'll cover it over the course of the show. We'll be back tomorrow, uh, probably later afternoon. So uh, we'll probably go about 30, 40 minutes today, depending on uh, what you guys want to talk about. Um, I see a lot of people on YouTube watching. Thank you. Make sure you hit that like button. Hit subscribe as well. Share it out on social media platforms. Uh, you guys do a great job of supporting the show. Let's get into some injury updates across the board here, Ryan, and we could talk about you know that lingering impact or or what that could look like. I want to start at tight end because the Bills are are um, they're light at that position to begin with, and you have Dawson Knox, you have uh, Jacob Hollister, that one two at the spot, and then it's Tommy Sweeney that's been in the driver's seat for that third spot. He was walking around in a walking boot today at practice. Did not practice. We haven't gotten an update yet. We'll see uh, if we get an injury report t- tomorrow and and maybe get some clarification on what happened there. But you look past him, and you're talking about Quentin Morris. You're talking about Nate Becker. I mean, Quentin Morris ha- had a couple times in the spring where I, I mentioned him, but I-, I wouldn't even say that he's in the mix right now for that third tight end spot. Y- you wonder if you'll start to see Reggie Gilliam um, – at tight end in the coming days and in which we can't talk about, by the way, uh, if he is, uh, I, I can't say either way, but looking at this Saturday, that's when you will get a chance to see him. And if Tommy Sweeney's not back yet, I wonder if the bills pivot here and, and maybe get uh, Gilliam back at tight end. Yeah. You know, you mentioned Ryan Bates uh, a few minutes ago. You just mentioned Reggie Gilliam, these players that have that versatility that can adapt and take on different roles that's going to help them at this roster cutdown time. And the fact that Tommy Sweeney is in a boot uh, and just, you know, we don't know the severity yet. It, it could be precautionary. It could be something more serious. I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, Matt, was, was Sweeney not in a boot last year as well before the coat, before he had COVID as well. I believe it was last year, mm. not two years ago. So I think you are correct. That's a little concerning that maybe there's a little bit of a history here with these foot injuries. I don't know if it's the same foot. We'll we'll have to kind of dig deeper into that and look into that issue. But Gilliam brings that to the table. He can block as a fullback. He can get out there. He has the athleticism to get open. And obviously he is a special teams ace. The Bills like the players. The more you can do. Sean McDermott said that today in his press conference. It holds true for this roster. Gilliam might then have a better shot now of making this roster because of Sweeney's injury, because of the fact that the Bills want to uh, be a little bit more serious about their run game this year. And when we talked with Pat DeMarco recently, he said when Gilliam gets his hands on you, he's not letting go. He's, he's going to block for you and he's going to do a really good job of that. So the the versatility that these players bring to the table, it's going to help the Bills at roster time. It's going to help them while they wait for certain players to come back. In this case, Tommy Sweeney, if it is something that is uh, week to week or even longer than that. Mm-hmm. Forrest Lamp still uh, not practicing, uh, so that's something that we'll continue to monitor. Isaiah Hodgins, who suffered the knee injury in the game on Friday, didn't practice, which was expected. Sean McDermott actually gave a, a, a semi-positive or encouraging update on him. They said they don't know where it's at yet. There was some swelling and they're going to wait to see that come down. And then they'll 
um, you know, see if he's able to bounce back and how quickly. So that's a good sign for Hodgins because he's got to get back in and, and get some some game snaps and and for in for him try to make some plays to make this roster uh, because of how uh, the position that Jake Kumaro has put himself into at running back. Zach Moss didn't practice; he was out doing some side work. Uh, Sean McDermott says if he has a couple good days, uh, the, they're hopeful that they can get him back for the Chicago Bears game. So that's encouraging. Antonio Williams didn't practice today. So getting Moss back ahead of that game, I mean, depending on uh, Christian Wade's status, he was walking around in a sling as, as early as uh, Wednesday last week. Uh, didn't see him out there today. So I would imagine he's still dealing with that. We'll track that. But just a, a numbers game, similar to tight end, there's, they're not very deep at running back. And so – the more the guys that they have on hand, I think the better, especially when you take a guy like Singletary at this point coming off of that performance, you you probably don't want to ride him too much here, Ryan. In the next two preseason games, he looked really strong, maybe ready to hit the ground running week one. You want to try to keep him healthy. Yeah, it's, it's really important right now because you just went through the list of players. You know, it's promising. It's encouraging that Zach Moss is working off to the side that they think he could be available for this uh, uh, upcoming preseason game, possibly. But he's still a little bit banged up. Antonio Williams got banged up in the preseason game. Wade is in the sling. So right now you're talking about Singletary and and Breida pretty much as your top two guys. And then if the Bills really do need to do something, well, there's Reggie Gilliam again. He's your fullback. But if you have to give some carries to someone, there's that. If you need to suit someone up, Taiwan Jones, the, the vet, can suit up and maybe do some – uh, take some carries as well, but you're right. They're thin at this position. They can't really uh, give Singletary this big workload because he's going to be an important part of this week one game plan. Same with Moss uh, to a lesser extent, possibly with Brita. So you, you need to figure something out because the bills have already cut their roster down ahead of Tuesday, something you put out there today. So if they do go out there and add another running back to this room at some point here, because of all the injuries, they're going to have to let someone else go. Uh, they, they just can't sign anyone right now just because we're, we're in that process. So it's going to be interesting to watch in terms of Moss, in terms of Antonio Williams, and, and if he can come back here in the near future, and it, it Wade as well, who, like you said, has been spotted in a sling. Um, great uh, comment here, Nick G. Time to sign uh, TJ Yeldon back. He's still available as a free agent. He went and worked out with the New Orleans Saints, uh, but he is available. He is something that I think uh, – could pop up and and that would make a lot of sense. He's a guy that knows the system can kind of get him back and, and, and going pretty early here. Uh, we'll see how that uh, transpires at, at running back. But if Moss is back, I think that they'll be good. They'll probably want to feature him at some point, let him kind of get uh, lead the way and carries one of these preseason games and see what, see what he can do in this offense. Uh, Tredavious white uh, was excused. Uh, he wasn't there Friday for the game. Again, wasn't there uh, today out of practice uh, for personal reasons. Didn't get any details on that. Uh, you know, best to him, obviously. Uh, we'll see uh, if he's back uh, t- tomorrow or, you know, this week ahead of. But again, I, I wouldn't play today. We talked about this before the the first preseason game. I wouldn't put Trey White all, all preseason. Vernon Butler returned today, Ryan. Uh, he was back out there. And I think that, you know, if I'm Vernon Butler, I'm sitting there saying, man, I better get going here because we could talk about another person that I, I had in my observation, which are live over at Syracuse.com. You can go check those out while you're uh, watching the show. I mentioned Harrison Phillips and I mentioned him because, you know, I got to go back and watch the game still. I haven't gone back and had a rewatch, but I thought Harrison had a few good reps as I was watching it live. I didn't even focus on it really. But then, you know, we were, we asked Jerry Hughes today about, 
what he what his impression watching this this young defensive line and specifically Greg Rousseau and uh, a whole bunch of stuff. He actually compared. Uh, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit. I want, let me focus on Harry first. There's a lot to talk about. Jerry Hughes. We talked to him for a minute. Cody Ford. I wanted to mention him as well. Um, but Jerry Hughes said, "Listen, I thought Gregory Rousseau had a great game. He was fast. He played violent, but he also mixed in there." Harrison Phillips is the two guys that he mentioned from that game. I, I think that Harrison Phillips for as much as, you know, there's been this kind of underlying uh, vibe that, you know, he's fighting for a roster spot. I think as it sits right now, based on one game here, I know he played a lot on Friday, Ryan, but I, I think he's sitting comfortably. I think he fits perfectly in that backup one tech role. And I think that it's Vernon Butler who's going to, you know, feed to the fire here in the next three weeks. I think that's a fair uh, argument to make. I, I think they're both battling for one job. I don't think there's room for both of these men on this roster. So it's good news for Vernon Butler that he's back. He obviously uh, has experience with Coach Washington that could end up playing a role in, in these final decisions. But the biggest role should be how does he look on the field in these next two preseason games? And he needs to get out there and show what he can do because Harrison Phillips, he flashed. He, he did have a really nice preseason game out there for Buffalo. Uh, I, I, I'm sure that he's heard the talk. He even said, you know, he understands this is a business. There's going to be some tough decisions to be made. But he, he performed. He, he did a nice job against Detroit. They need one of those defensive tackles to uh, that they're going to keep on this roster behind their starters to be more of a true one tech because, you know, you have FAO body. You have Boogie Basham uh, that can come in and play defensive tackle. But you probably want them more so maybe playing um, more as like three tacks, or if they are in there as a one tech, it's an obvious pass or situation where you're not going to have to worry about the opposing team uh, running the ball. So yeah, Don, great comment there. Russo's first tackle was due to Harry. Uh, so it's going to be interesting, but I, I think at the end of the day, it's Butler and Harrison Phillips fighting for one job. They do not both make this roster in my opinion. Um, thank you to everybody watching on YouTube. The chat is fired up as usual. We appreciate you guys. Um, Thomas Falzone says you guys need to do super chat. You'll have to DM me. I don't know what those are. Um, but while you're watching on YouTube, smash that like button, hit that subscribe button as well. We really appreciate it. We're, we're almost up to 3.5 K, uh, subscribers on this channel, Ryan, the growth. We, we launched the new channel. I think the week of the Baltimore playoff game. So we're sitting here a little over seven months later and we're already at 3,500 subscribers because you guys are so awesome. We appreciate you. Um, we also appreciate top spend more time enjoying everything that summer has to offer and less time worrying about getting to the store with tops, pickup and delivery shop for your groceries online, choose pickup or delivery and tops will bring the groceries right to you. Visit topsmarkets.com to get started. Uh, let's get into the teamwork today, Ryan, because it wasn't a ton um, I love that picture, by the way, uh, sitting behind you. Uh, uh, if you haven't heard yet, move your head a little bit to your right. So Ryan and I were at uh, practice, the, the last open practice, and I tweeted about this. And it's my pinned tweet at the moment because, listen, whenever I can celebrate Bill's Mafia, you know I'm going to do it. And Ryan got there real early that day and was walking around down at the field level, and a fan uh, flagged him down, brought him over, presented him with a picture that was taken of us the week before the fan put a border, the shout border around it, a bills logo on it and, and gave it to Ryan. And now we got it as a, a backdrop of the show. I mean, you guys are so amazing. I, I can't, um, 
say that enough. I mean, it was a really, that was a really special thing, Ryan. Yeah, that was amazing. It was great to uh, be there and, to, you know, you hear, you think you hear someone calling your name, but it's pretty loud there as is. And you turn around and you're right. He, he waved me down and he had it in a nice little folder. Uh, really appreciate the gesture. It does mean a lot to have such great support from the Bills Mafia. Um, it seems like almost every day someone's taking a screenshot of the podcast on Twitter and talking about it. Uh, we, we obviously have an awesome YouTube following. Can't thank you enough. So, uh, you know, once again, we cannot express our gratitude enough because the growth from this channel from the Ravens game to now ha- has just, uh, you know, exceeded our expectations. All right. So uh, I think it was two. There was some red zone work and then there was some 11 on 11. Josh Allen got most of the work today. Mitchell Trubisky was worked in there as well. Uh, I think the biggest takeaway for me, well, my, my biggest two takeaways, number one, the defense came to play today. I thought it was an extension of what we saw on Friday night. I thought the defense was dialed in. They let up that one drive, but held up at the goal line. Um, and, and really the Detroit offense didn't really get anything going until that one drive in the third quarter. But even then, I thought the Bills defense played outstanding. They were flying to the ball. I think the secondary is playing really, really well uh, right now. Um, Couple pass breakups today, Taron Johnson, Levi Wallace, um, and then the biggest pass breakup of of the day came from Jaquan Johnson, who I thought as part of that safety group of him, DeMar Hamlin, um, Josh Thomas, and Tariq Thompson – uh, probably the first three, a little bit more than Tariq Thompson, just based on the game. They're all playing really good football right now. And Jaquan Johnson had a pass breakup. He was kind of hanging out in the back of the end zone, uh, saw streaking. Um, let me go to the notes here. I don't want to get it wrong, Ryan. Um, Gabe Davis coming over the middle, and he flew into the play to break up the play. It was a, it was a, it was a really nice play. You saw the energy. Uh, a couple plays before that, I, actually, I think it was the play before that, Allen kind of overthrew Devin Singletary a little bit, a little bit too high. Singletary tried to jump up and grab it, deflected off his hands, popped up in the air, and guess who comes flying in to make the play? It's Micah Hyde, who's you know always back there looking to uh, make a big play. I, I, if I was doing a bold predictions right now, Ryan, I really think that either Micah Hyde or Jordan Poyer, maybe both, are going to surpass that five interception total like they had a couple years ago. I, I just like the way that they're moving around. I like the way that they're just playing so free and, and, and calm and not that they ever aren't. I mean, that's the way that they've been, but I just feel like there's a different uh, aura about where they're at in this defense and, and the continuity back there and playing alongside all these guys and um, that they play with for so long. So I, that's my big number one takeaway so, so far. I'll get in the other one after you follow up. Yeah. You know, Poyer and Hyde have been together since day one here in Buffalo. So they have, Uh, Their communication level is at the next level right now, just because they always know where they're supposed to be. They know their assignments and you're right. They're moving around really well. And I think the improvement along the defensive line, the fact that the bills are probably going to disrupt the quarterbacks a little bit more this year than what Mm -hmm. we've seen. It's going to lead to tip passes. It's going to lead to inaccurate balls and it's going to lead to opportunities for Poyer and Hyde. Uh, and, And, you know, as much as I could talk about them and and I do agree with your interception assessment, I just have to say that I think Buffalo's safety depth is really strong right now. I, you know, I went to that first preseason game saying, okay, who's going to step up behind these guys? We've talked about Jaquan Johnson. I think they have a lot of confidence in him. He had a nice game. Josh Thomas had a really good game and run support. We've heard Tariq Thompson in, in, throughout camp in the spring who's had some nice performances. And that's not just that, that's not all. There's, there's more players. There's DeMar Hamlin, et cetera, et cetera. 
the Bills sneakily have some solid depth at safety. They're going to have some good players that make this final roster. I think they have one or two options on the practice squad as well. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, let's go to the offensive side of the ball. I was just reading some comments. Sometimes, uh, listen, I can get lost in it sometimes. I'm not going to lie. You guys are pretty entertaining in here. Um, uh, we got we got some changes coming for the podcast, so stay tuned. Uh, some some maybe additions that are going to kind of really uh, take it to the next level. I'm super excited about it. More on that uh, in the coming weeks. Emmanuel Sanders was back in teamwork today. He came out uh, he before the game on when, Tuesday and Wednesday. He was not practicing. He was in street clothes. Um, was in street clothes for the game on Friday, which, by the way, was super cool experience, Ryan. My first time ever on the field doing the pregame show. It was it was kind of crazy. My wife said I was talking a little bit too loud. It was there was it wasn't there wasn't even that many people there. I didn't feel like, but it was really loud down at field level. And the pregame show on Channel 4, make sure you watch it uh, this week again uh, when we're in Chicago, 630 to 7, right before the game. And so, you know, people were getting amped up and you can kind of, you know, start to hear that crowd murmur. And um, I was I had to talk loud. And so I apologize about that. But I saw Emmanuel Sanders down there uh, on the sideline and. He came back today and Sean said before practice, he did, he was going to do some things today. Well, you know, he got worked in to team drills right away. I think it was three catches on four targets. The one target that he missed was uh, kind of a miss misfire from Josh Allen, uh, who really, I mean, it was kind of a weird day. It was a quick practice. It was jogging at the beginning. Uh, they were in shells. I, I, I'm not going to take too much away from some errant balls thrown by Josh, a couple incompletions. I thought the defense showed up. They brought the intensity and, uh, maybe it wasn't matched uh, by the offense and Josh was a little off, but you know, Emmanuel Sanders made one catch where he had to really uh, exert himself, kind of uh, reach up and, and grab a ball. And he, he was able to do that. So that's a really good sign with Stefan Diggs still battling that knee injury. Sean McDermott said he doesn't anticipate it, it pushing up against the regular season or anything, but they're probably going to be cautious with it, which is smart getting Emmanuel Sanders back. And maybe if he can play against Chicago, that gives him a chance if you do run out Josh Allen or even if it's Mitchell Trubisky, which probably more likely he can get some reps and, and, and get some reps in Brian Dable's offense. Yeah, and I think that's important. You know, Sanders, he is a grizzled veteran. He's going to be fine no matter what, but get, getting him some reps in this offense, uh, getting him ready for week one, tuned up a little bit, I think that's good for him. Um, you know, we don't know the severity of Stefan Diggs's knee injury, but they're, they're not making it seem like it's going to be an issue come week one. They're probably being very precautionary with it. But the more that these wide receivers can do around Diggs, the better it's going to be for Josh Allen and this passing attack. So you want Sanders to, you know, make sure that he knows where he's supposed to be. He's a great route runner. He'll be fine. Cole Beasley, Gabriel Davis. Those are the guys that are going to have to really step up here uh, week one, week two, early on in the season, especially when we're trying to figure out uh, if Diggs is at 100%, if he's at 90%, where he's at physically. Uh, he, you know, he seemed to be in good spirits in his suit at the game in Detroit. He he seems to be coaching up the players. So I, again, I'm not reading too much into it in terms of it being too serious, but you want all of your other wide receivers to be ready to, to be able to step up if anything were to happen this year. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go to some que- – I saw a question on Twitter – uh, we can get into that really quick. Um, I think that's about all my observations from the practice portions. Like I said, it was a really quick practice, Ryan. One of the shortest that they've had. Um, I think I saw. Oh, here we go. Steven on Twitter asked, if you had to pick a surprise cut for the Bills right now, who would it be? Why don't you start us off, Ryan? 
Who a surprise cut. You know, I think the popular one has been a long at defensive end between like Addison or Hughes. I don't see that. Neither. Uh it's t- I, you know, I, I was at one point I was considering maybe Brita, but with all the injuries there, I really I'm struggling to come up with one right now. I think give Coomer, you go ahead. Yeah, I think that's it right there. I think at this point, wouldn't Jake Kumaro be a surprise cut? It would be. And and so I think that that would be it. And as far as he's come and as much of an impact as he's made, if they feel like they're set at receiver, and because you know Gabriel Davis has established himself as the clear-cut fourth guy, I think that you know we, we talked a little bit about it when Jake was having a couple of good practices. I don't see him surpassing. Uh, we will get to Ed Oliver. Let's talk about him next and, and Vernon Butler, who returned today. Um, I think that if Jake Kumaro, if they feel like a, a situation where maybe they're confident in getting him in the practice squad, maybe they're confident that if another team signs him, maybe they can get him back down the line. If that makes sense, they've done it before. Maybe that's a situation where they cut Jake Kumaro to maybe get a draft pick on the roster. I talked about this a little bit. Marquez Stevenson, to me, he was a winner on, on Friday. I don't know how... I don't know necessarily if he won anything quite yet, but if you're if you're separating the two uh, compartments into who gained from that game and who lost in that game, Marquez Stevenson, his stock went way up in my eyes based on that fourth quarter. Yeah, and I think that's fair, and, and that's probably the only name that really comes to mind because uh, you look at the offensive line, I think that's pretty well sorted out. Defensive and uh, Defensive end we've talked about, um, I think FAO Bodis. I mean, maybe Daryl Johnson. I think I still think they're going to try to find a way to keep him. I guess that'd be my pick at the end of the day. Johnson would be the surprise cut because of all the, the hype and praise he's received as a special teams player. Um, but yeah, it, it would come down to uh, someone like that. I, I do think Kumaro is safe at the end of the day, wide receiver six, special teams play, but the Bills do have some tough decisions coming ahead. Oh, Sal on uh, YouTube, Kumaro going nowhere. You guys are losing credibility. We're not saying he's going anywhere. We're saying that he's elevated himself to being a potential surprise cut if he were to be get cut. But if you have listened to the Shell Football Podcast, you will hear Ryan and I both say, we got out the Sharpie for Mr. Kumaro. So relax, Sal. I know that uh, there's a lot of touchdown Jesus fans out there. We don't want to... Uh, offend you uh, at all. Let's go to the defensive side of the ball. And I think one guy that would be kind of a surprise cut based on spring projections would be Tyrell Adams. And I'm at the place right now. And I know we have two games left. I don't see a path to the roster for Tyrell Adams because, okay, do I see, I shouldn't go that far. I see a path to it. If they keep um, six linebackers, I think Tyrell Adams will probably be the sixth guy. But the more and more I crunch the numbers, and we drove back to Buffalo from Detroit with Jay Skirsky, and he was doing his his 53-man roster projection after the first game. You're going to actually put one out next week, so stay tuned for that. I'll have one after the second preseason game. And we were talking about that. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. Um, and, yeah, I'm I'm, shouting, I'm giving Jay, Jay a plug. Go check out his 53-man roster projection over on Buffalo uh, news.com. Uh, it was a good read. I checked it out this morning. You know, I think that there's a path to the roster. I just am at the point right now that 
with what they probably want to do on the defensive line, it makes more sense to me to keep an extra defensive lineman that is so important on special teams and Daryl Johnson, who had a sack the other night, and then get rid of that sixth guy because Andre Smith has proven to be so versatile as well. Yeah, Adams, I think, faces uh, long odds making this roster. We already know the top three in the pecking order. Uh, Tyler Medikevich for his special teams play, Andre Smith for his, you know, what we've seen from him, the fact that he's also a special team standout. Sean McDermott even alluded to that today, saying, you know, with this linebacker position, special teams will play into that. Andre Smith was very good on special teams. So there's five already. Uh, and if they do carry six, I think you can make easily make a case for Joe Giles Harris over Tyrell Adams. So there's six right there. Adams came in with a lot of praise for his play in Houston. Uh, we heard from Leslie Frazier, who called him a tackling machine based on his tape from one year ago. We just haven't seen him ascend the depth chart here yet. He was working with the third team. Um, it's a little concerning at this point if that that's that that is still the case. So I think Adams, based on some expectations, based on where he is now, I think he's definitely someone that we we could see cut here in the near future. We're going to have a lot to get into over these next few days, Ryan. We're going to watch practice on Monday, Tuesday, off day, Wednesday, Thursday practice, travel uh, Friday, uh, Saturday is game number two of the preseason. Uh, We are brought to you by Topps Friendly Markets. And guess what? Topps has a fresh burger bar. Find it in whichever location you go to. With over 30 varieties of beef, turkey, chicken, plant-based, and gourmet blend burgers ready to grill. Topps Fresh Burger Bar has you smiling all summer long. We will be back tomorrow, Ryan. So go get some more sleep. Recharge once again. And uh, we will do it all again and react to what I would imagine will probably be a little bit more of an up-tempo practice. Uh, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. Thank you so much, Shout fans. We really appreciate you. See you tomorrow.